jibber jabber. What? Jibber jabber. How was it jibber jabber? How that jibber jabber? You telling me that just because the governor is tight with the woman that owned the whorehouse, that he make the prison release her friend? Yes. Hello and welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Sitting across from me is Arwen. We are the family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies and a little bit more. You can follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. We like talking to you. So, Eddie Murphy is in a new movie. Yes. It is called Dolomite Is My Name. Right. And uh, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. We're two white people. <laughs> and uh, we've kind of talked about maybe doing movies that are completely, you know, black people. Uh-huh. Just only black people. And we decided maybe not because... We don't want to sound racist. Or offensive in any way. Right. But uh, over the last week, I've said, screw that. <laughs> not about being not racist. No, but, about you know, being about tiptoeing not, yes. you know, through these movies. Because we like a lot of movies that are uh, black-centric movies. Yes. I mean, Black Dynamite, Friday, Dolomite. So I've decided... We're just going to open that can of worms and see how that goes. Okay. If people don't like it, um, okay. we'll, just skip we'll this take one. care of you. <laughs> so what we did first was we watched Dolomite uh-huh. because we wanted a point of reference, right? Well, yeah, because I, I hadn't actually watched it. I'd seen clips. Yeah. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. And I think you thought it was a fake movie. For a long time, I think I did. Because the first time we saw this movie in clip form uh-huh. was in a movie called The Great White Hype. Yes. Uh, starring Sam Jackson and uh, uh, Damon Wayans. Yes. And a white guy. Yeah. Just one. <laughs> no. Nah. John Lovitz was in it, too. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and that was the first time I ever heard Insane Clown Posse as well. Really? By the way, that movie. Yeah. Huh. And, and you want to hear a weird tie-in to this? What? Insane Clown Posse did a movie called Big Money Hustlers. Right, okay. mm-hmm. and Dolomite was in it. Really? Yes. I, I guess so, I can see that. So we got ourselves a treefer. <laughs> uh-huh. So, <laughs> so we watched the movie, and what did you think of the movie? Before I watched the the Eddie Murphy biopic, yes. Okay, um, I was like, this movie can't be trying to be serious. It wasn't. Well, I didn't know if it was or not. I didn't know if he was trying to be like. I'm a serious actor. Oh, no. No, uh, Rudy Ray Moore. It's Ru- not. Yeah. Rudy Ray Moore was a comedian. And see, I didn't know that ahead of time. Right. I, I I did not know anything about him prior to what we saw the other night. Wow. So I really thought maybe he thought he was doing a really great job of being a serious actor. Oh. Well, he tried. He tried really hard to act. It didn't work. Well... He did. He did act. And we and I watched the Human Tornado today. I saw the end movie, of it. <laughs> that movie is just as equally as ridiculous, if not even more over the top. Well, now when we saw the 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 biopic, yeah, uh, we got a little more insight into he was just trying to have fun, right? And he was trying to have uh, make trying to make the other people have fun as well because right. some of the situations were um ridiculous and well they were ridiculous but like the love scenes oh yeah could be really awkward yeah especially since it looks like he was nude oh yeah he was he was definitely and they were nude he was flopping in the wind that's so a- that can be really awkward especially you know if you're trying to make it look like the sexy scene and everything and right and instead you made it into this hilarious scene. And I think Rudy Ray Moore, when he made Dolomite, was my age. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hey. I'm a fat white guy. He was a fat <laughs> black guy. We both got man boobies, you know, so. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> so we watched Dolomite. We like Dolomite. I think it's in the top 
seven, top eight of my favorite uh, black exploitation films. Okay, I was gonna say if it was all films, I thought your bar was. Oh no, no, no! Really it's off. it's in the top fifty. I I, I can give you that. It's really, in, it's in within the fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because of boobs? No, it's because it's fun. It's oh, a funny okay. movie. <laughs> boobs help. <laughs> But then, you know, we, we watched that movie just as kind of research yes. to uh, watch Eddie Murphy's movie. Eddie Murphy has made a ton of crap movies since 1989. Yeah. He did Coming to America. Then he did that Harlem movie. Uh, and then the Vampire movie. And then The Clumps. And then <laughs> Pluto Nash. The- and then... Was, Garbage. Was the clumps the nutty professor? Yeah. Oh, okay. He made Didn't three he of those, doc- I think. Did he do Dr. Doolittle or something at one point, too? Yep. Yeah. Two of those. Yeah. Um. And, and he, he did um Norbit, which I do find funny. Norbit is funny. It's funny. But it's still it's a- not It's not award-worthy. No. But it's hilarious. Yeah. So, so he's done a lot of crap movies yes. since 1989. He he made up for it. C- Coming to America is probably one of his best movies. I really like that. And then he's got the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Yeah. Um, but his stand-up specials were really where he shined. Yeah, Delirious and Raw are both good stand-up specials. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were on Netflix. I don't know if they are anymore. Okay. Um, so anyway, the movie is called Dolomite Is My Name. And it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is rated R. It is one hour and 57 minutes long. It's directed by Craig Brewer. You know what he directed? No. Hustle and Flow. Okay. I haven't seen that. Yeah. It stars Eddie Murphy, Keegan-Michael Key, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson. Titus and, Burgess. Yeah. Wesley Snipes. Well, those those are in there, but <laughs> I we've had complaints uh-huh. That we have we have named oh. too many names, <laughs> so I'm I'm just naming the top four from now on. Wesley Snipes is a big name. You have to he name him. He is a big name, and we can talk about Wesley Snipes. By the way, Wesley Snipes is a good twenty years older than uh, uh, what's his name, Derville. Oh, okay. Who he plays uh-huh. the director? So it's kind of neat to see that. And Eddie Murphy is a good ten years older than Rudy Ray Moore was when uh, when he was. In his prime as Dolomite. Yeah. So let's talk about Rudy Ray Moore for a second. Okay. Rudy Ray Moore was born and raised in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Right. He then moved around a lot. He had stops in Akron, Ohio, Mm -hmm. um, Minnesota, St. Louis, and he worked his way around. So he'd, he'd peel potatoes for a living. He'd bust tables for a living. He was a club dancer for a living. Really? Yeah. I don't wow. even understand that. I didn't grow up in the 1930s. He got drafted to the Army. Oh, really? He served in the Army. He got an honorable discharge. Interesting. Took that money that he had from being in the Army mm-hmm. and moved to Seattle. Okay. Well, he then kind of wandered his way down into California. Okay. By the time he was in his 40s, he thought maybe nobody liked him. No, Nobody wanted to know who Rudy Ray Moore was. So he got a job working at, I think it was called a Dolphin, something Dolphin. Is it the club that was in the movie? It's the record store that's in the movie. Oh, I forget the name of the. It's, I don't. It's I got the word dolphin down. in it. Yeah. So he worked at this record store mm-hmm. that also had a radio station built into. I thought that the was really store. interesting, by the way. Me too. And he was producing his own albums at that point too. So he'd have he he was trying to make the next number one hit, mm-hmm. you know. And I know people like this, or I did, where they'd be like. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm making a movie. I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, great. You do your thing. I hope it works out for you. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, we get to the opening scene of the movie. And and he's trying to convince the DJ, played by Snoop Dogg. Right. (laughs) To play his song. Mm -hmm. And it's like ding, dang, ding-a-ling, ding, ding. Something like (laughs) that. It was like the... 
third or fourth album he tried to get him to to play you know right and uh the the, the dj's just not having any of it he's like no man Mm -hmm. i only play the hits and they're playing marvin gay you know marvin gay was huge in the 70s yeah um and still his songs right his songs went all the way up until the day he died really it's like all of his songs were just nice to listen to he's complaining that you know he's never gonna make it he's down in the dumps and he's gotta go to work at a nightclub Mm -hmm. after he's at done at the record store where he emcees for you know whatever act that's up there and he's upset that his name isn't even on the marquee Right. Well, you don't put the NC's name on the marquee. Not unless they're famous. Yeah. And they ain't famous. No. <laughs> so, it was the first time that, like, he says rat soup eaten mother effer a ton of times. Yeah. In, not only in this movie, but also in Dolomite. Yeah. Um, so you just hear him. And when he says it, he says it with some vinegar on it. Oh, it's so funny. You rat soup eaten mother <laughs> so it he's was he's got so many catchphrases yeah he claims to have worked for red fox yeah or with him yeah at, with as him. dishwasher yes so th- that's that plausible could be true it's but plausible. it ain't true <laughs> red fox for those that don't know he was on a tv show called sanford and son and also the first time I heard one of his comedy albums, my mom had a heart attack. Yeah, they were playing a bit of it in the movie. Yeah, it's dirty. And it is dirty. Yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy was in Red Fox's last film, um, Nights of Nights in Harlem? Or Harlem Nights? What that sounds in? right. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. Yeah. I've never seen it. It had uh, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Red Fox. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it was terrible. Oh. I saw it on Cinemax once, and I uh-huh. was like, nah. And I'm a big fan of all three of them at the uh-huh. time. But yeah, Red Fox, he he got uh, busted for tax evasion, then he tied soon after that. And that's why in Coming to America, um, people are like, Red Fox is still alive. He's he's just, you know, hiding from the tax man. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so at the, at the nightclub, we yeah. get to see Craig Robinson. He's yes. the leader of the band. Uh, that is the act. Craig Robinson from Hot Tub Time Machine and The, the Office. Office. And and he... And Are You Effing My Lady. No, I was just going to say that. That is <laughs> one of my favorite songs because it's hilarious. <laughs> I wish there were better versions of that out on, on YouTube. It's always a blurred up version because it's like old yeah, yeah. VHS. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then uh, they're they're back at the, the record store. Yeah. And they're talking... The, this wino comes in. Right. Rico. Rico. You know, and uh, he's talking about Willie Green and Dolomite. Right. So I was like, he stole wino's inspiration for wanna, his stories. Want to hear a funny story? What? Uh, Rico the wino, he died shortly after he created the Dolomite character. He was just, he had a heart attack and died. So there was no way that that guy could have come after him for oh, royalties really? at all. And uh, lucky for Dolomite, lucky for Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah, yeah. That's that's sad. Yeah, well. (laughs) um, A lot of um, what you see in Hollywood, in in books, in stories, and everything is somewhat stolen from someone else already. Nothing is original anymore. Oh, no. No, but he saw this guy's act and he's like, oh, he's funny. I bet if I wrote some jokes in around that, Mm -hmm. um, I could make that an act. Yeah. And he's like... So he goes to this place where there's this Dunmar, Dunbar Hotel, mm-hmm. um, which used to be a centerpiece of black culture. And his, yeah, in, in historically. Yeah. It had a nightclub in it. It had, you know, this really beautiful lounge. And I think it said 27 rooms or so, maybe more. But it's like, it, it's a place where homeless people have lived in it has no electricity it has no water it's falling apart do you know if the building has been restored it has been restored oh that's wonderful um and it looks beautiful Mm -hmm. nobody knows like if you go to that place you wouldn't even know that that's where you know rudy Mm -hmm. raymore filmed Mm -hmm. dolomite 
But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit <laughs> because he needs to sit down with Rico mm-hmm. and listen to his stories. And so he does, and he records them. He goes back to his home, which I found out in real life was the Dunmar Hotel. Isn't that interesting? Um, Yeah. So he was living there, but in the movie they explained what the Dunbar Hotel was. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, really? I've never heard that before. So in in reality, yes, he lived there. Because... It was rent free. You can't live in Los Angeles unless you make, you know, a lot of money. six figures mm-hmm. and you're living in a tiny place. Yeah. You see him next with his aunt who has made uh, food for him. We saw Day uh, Day, uh, uh, by the way. I don't know yeah. that guy's name. Mike Epps. Mike Epps. I always forget it because to me, he's dating. Yeah. And I was like, Dating's oh, in this movie. Mike Epps is funny. <laughs> he's so funny. He he can deliver some comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we saw him. I don't remember where. I think it he's was... one of the engineers. I think. Yeah. Uh, he they had a diner scene in here somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? His buddies is Craig yeah. Robinson and, and uh, Mike Epps and and uh, Titus. Titus, yeah. yeah. Titus Andromedon. His I, real name is Titus. So. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like Titus Burgess or yeah. something. But I, like, didn't know their names. I knew their names, but I yeah. didn't know their names. Right. You know, because it really didn't matter to me at that point. Right. Yeah. They're they're playing different people. So he goes to his aunt's, and he asks her for $500, I think. Like 200 I think. Or, yeah, yeah, something like that. So he could record um, a comedy act. Uh-huh. Um, because... Because he went up and emceed and uh, he did his Dolomite rap, basically. Yeah, I thought the nightclub owner was going to have a heart attack. I did too. He and then angry. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, the crowd likes this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and, and what I mean by the Dolomite rap, and, and you can see this, I think, in its entirety in the Dolomite film, uh, is uh, where he rhymes this story. And instead of like, boom, mm-hmm. it's a jazzy little tune, yeah, and maybe some R and B music or some kind of music. Um, when he was in the army, he was called uh, like the hill hillbilly, uh, the ghetto hillbilly, or something like that. Weird, because he would take country music songs and turn them into R and B songs. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Or he'd take R and B songs and make them country music songs. Either way, way it sounds really interesting, and I kind of want to hear it. Yeah. Um, Well, you kind of did hear it with uh, when he sings with uh, uh, Lady, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lady Reed. Lady Reed. Oh, yes. So it was, they were making it country. Yeah. Because she had this real twang. Yeah. It was kind of funny. But anyway, he he does that whole Dolomite rap. And then he's like, oh, I I should make a record. Mm -hmm. So he makes a record in a living room. Yeah. With a small audience, and uh, nobody wants to buy it, yeah, because it's filthy. Very it's got filthy. more cuss words than a Lenny Bruce album, <laughs> you know. Yes, and he's like, "Man, Red Fox uh, sells sells this stuff all the time," and Red Fox does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and let me tell you a little other story. I'm gonna take you on a trip today, apparently. <laughs> but my mother used to drive a taxi for railroaders right and every now and then she'd have these really long trips and one of us us four children would get to go with her on these long trips i guarantee you that the railroaders did not like this i'm sure they didn't but we were oblivious to it we'd have to stop at these rest stops these gas stations and their truck stops basically And I'd go into these truck stops to look for, like, candy or soda or something. And I saw Red Fox Triple X. And it was in brown paper uh, covering. And I was like, why is the guy from Sanford and Son doing (laughs) dirty movies? And Mom's like, that's not a dirty movie. That's a cassette tape. And he tells bad jokes. And so I didn't buy one. But one of the railroaders bought me it. He said, here, kid, you'll you'll thank me later. <laughs> and that was my introduction into 
Red Fox as a comedian. How old were you? Oh, I must have been like 11. Oh, okay. So. That's about the age that, you know, you start really reaching yeah, 11, out 11, 12, 13. Things. Yeah, somewhere in there. Because I was in the fifth grade. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. So that was my introduction to that. This is how Rudy Ray Moore did his, too. Um, he had enough money that he could press these albums and sell them out of his car. Yeah. And in the movie, it looked like it was very lucrative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could see people doing that now. Oh, absolutely. You know? I think more people do that now than they did back then. Yeah. Even When we went to see Kiss, we saw dudes trying to sell bootleg Kiss shirts yes. outside the stadium. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not that uncommon to this day. But it caught wind of some producers of some sort, and they decided that they wanted to be a part of this and distribute it. And uh, what the movie doesn't tell you is that family establishments really can't have records with nude women on it. And the cover, they showed us the, the behind the scenes of making the cover, is him standing behind a couch, that, and, and he's butt naked. Yes. Um, staring at a woman who is lying on the couch who is also butt naked mm -hmm. with a blanket or something over She's got her like breasts. A, uh, yeah, a blanket over her boobs. And in the movie, they put like a bowl of fruit over right. her, her snatch area. Yeah. Um, that is not like that on the cover. No. no. It, it's like a black bar. Yeah. <laughs> so. So this scene in the movie is really funny. Yeah. Because the execs are all white. Yeah. And when the lady like drops her robe, immediately mouths start opening and then rudy ray moore takes off his robe and he's just standing there in all his glory yeah you know <laughs> it's funny um he's he had no shame no at that point none um he was just happy to be there and uh the woman she's a nice looking curvy looking woman well yeah very nice looking mm -hmm. like pretty good <laughs> you know what i'm saying i get it <laughs> So, yeah, the agency bought the album, mm -hmm. um, and he got royalties for it, and he went on a, uh, on the road. Yeah, which was smart. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, around the time he meets Lady, Lady Reed. Reed. Mm -hmm. And I keep calling her Queenie because that's who she is in the movies. Yeah, Queen Bee. Queen Bee. Rudy's about ready to go on. The, the, his opening act is almost finished, and he's looking out the curtain, you know, looking at people, seeing how many there, how much money he's going to be making, probably. But he sees this woman, and she's a big woman, mm -hmm. and she's just staring down this dude. Who's and with another woman. And it's almost like nobody else but Rudy can see uh -huh. this. <laughs> and and it's almost like, what 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 am I thinking of, like, in, in a scene where the Terminator is just like dead stare right at Sarah Connor. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going to kill her. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, she has this look. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. So there's this, there's this little bit of a tussle, and she knocks him the hell out. Yeah. And then Rudy goes on and does his act. And, and the, the, the guy that got knocked out, he ends up leaving with the woman. Yeah. The other the woman. The other woman. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. oh, I, so bet, obviously I bet this lady's going to be at the bar, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely. she was. And the, and the fun part is, is that we already knew about Lady Reed from watching Dolomite. We right. know that that's her. Right. This may or may not be how they met mm -hmm. because it is a movie. But after his act, he goes up to her and he's like, oh, yes, you know, and uh, and she's like. I couldn't do what you do. She he goes, oh yes, you can. Mm -hmm. You got a stage presence. At first, she thought he was hitting on her, right? <laughs> um, and I could see them being romantic, though. Like, you know that uh, that relationship seemed like it might have been, yeah. But it also seemed like they were best friends, right? No matter what happened, mm -hmm. you know. So, so it, it was it was good to see. He he tells her he goes he goes. I'm, I'm not even a pimp. This is just a character. Mm -hmm. And he points to his hair and he goes, tug on this. Yeah. And she goes, what? I'm not <laughs> pulling your hair. He goes, no, I'll give it a tug. <laughs> and she But starts, not too hard. <laughs> she starts pulling and she goes, it's a, and they both go, yeah, it's a wig. <laughs> and, 
And so he kind of takes her under his wing and uh, she creates the Queen Bee yeah, act. Yeah. And they do this funny song together. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's more to that act. Oh, yeah. Like she probably opened for him, mm-hmm. much like that one dude on uh, David Spade's show opens oh, yeah. up for him, that <laughs> Mitsubishi. I don't know his name. He's Japanese. <laughs> that's all I remember. Really? That's what yeah. you came up with? Matt said Suki. No, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm I don't sounding remember. racist now. <laughs> but anyway, Rudy finds out that he's charting. So And he's got to get back to he's LA right get now. His butt and back he was to LA. what? In Tallahassee, I think? Yeah, he was yeah. in Florida. Yeah. So, yeah, he has to go. And uh, he's trying to figure out what to do next, mm-hmm. you know, and he's talking to his buddies, his inner circle. And they're like, well, there's this really popular movie coming out. Um, why don't we just go see a movie? They go to see this movie and it's just all white people doing white people things. Uh, what was it called? Uh... Something like radio news, uh, newspaper, something. The newspaper. I yeah, you didn't somewhere. write it down. No, it I do. It starred Walter, Walter Matthau. Yeah. Oh, front page. Yeah. It's called you, it front was, page. It was called newspaper, yeah. But uh, Susan Sarandon is in that movie as well. Yeah, I saw, I didn't see that it was Susan Sarandon, but I believe you. I know faces. I know you know it faces. It was her. <laughs> it was a really young her, but it was her. But I saw Walter Matthau. Yes. And it seemed funny, but it didn't seem ha-ha funny. No. And, of course, the, the inner circle, they're just not into this movie at all. And, you know, they talk throughout the movie. People are, like, shushing them. They're like, you shush. You know, stuff like that. I will say that it is a different experience when the audience is all white yeah. versus a mixed crowd. Right. And I really enjoy a mixed crowd. Me too. Like, when we saw uh, Pitch Perfect. That was funny. That was fun. And, um, uh... uh uh, that that Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh yeah, the Hateful Eight. That was the best. That was like a we had audible gasp. Yeah, we had like four four uh, black people sitting behind us. Yeah, and they were more entertaining than the movie. <laughs> I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> Isn't that the time you complained that you didn't get Bed Bath? Yeah, you didn't buy me any Bed Bath and Beyond stuff. And the guy behind me had like this huge sack, and he's like, "Here, honey." And I was like, oh, "You are amazing." Gave me, like a little bag of stuff. It was so nice. It was weird, man. It was nice. I think I know what he wanted to give you stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not he was talking very dirty. Nice. We're family friendly. <laughs> so yeah, so. I put down eight track stereo because they're at a bar. They're having a barbecue. Oh yeah, talking about you know how they should make this movie because mm-hmm. he he says that one no good movie. There was no kung fu. There was no car crashes. Uh-huh. There were no explosions. Nobody got shot. You know nothing happened in uh-huh. that movie. <laughs> so he goes he goes if I make a movie it's gonna have all that in it and it does. <laughs> it does. Um, and more, but yeah, there he's he's playing an eight track stereo, which cracks me up because I've only seen that one other time, and that was at my grandmother's house. Oh, really? And, and the only stuff she had was Connie Francis and Ray Stevens albums. He did seem like he might have um, enjoyed unpopular music. Uh, absolutely, he decides at that point we're going to make a movie, and we're going to base it on Dolomite. He meets. Jerry Jones. Yes. The owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones. No. It is Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. No. Wrong one. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I think it's obvious. <laughs> but Why? this is played by uh Why is Key. it obvious? This is this is played by Keegan. Yeah? Uh-huh. Why is it obvious? Because he's not an old white dude. Not yet. People evolve. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was really good to see uh, Keegan here. And yeah. what's funny is I wasn't sure if he was indeed the guy who also played the the cop. The, the FBI agent yeah. at the end of yeah. Dolomite. In, in Dolomite. But I was like, that mustache, it's got to be him. Fun story. Um, they just wrote him in in the middle of the movie. Out of the blue. Really? There's no backstory. He just shows no, the yeah, hell up. Yeah. And that's why. Because uh, Rudy Ray Moore out. is like, hey, 
you should be in this movie too. Aww. And he goes, he goes, yeah, but what could I do? And he goes, I don't know, write yourself a piece. And he does. He comes right in at the end of the movie. He's some dude that works for the FBI and he's looking for corrupt FBI agents. The end. It was really funny. But he's he's an actual serious actor. Yeah. He was a serious actor. No, no, no. That's Duvel, Derville. Oh. Jerry Jones is a serious writer. He's a serious writer. writer. That's and it. And he's also got a connection with Arkansas because he's from Varner, Arkansas. Yes. Which I wouldn't want to be from Varner. I wouldn't want to be from Fort Smith. Ugh. <laughs> but uh, then, you know, they're talking about writing. So they're writing a little bit. And he goes, he goes, I'm going to ad lib a lot. So you don't have to write my dialogue or anything like that. He's like, are you sure? Because Rudy is throwing out so many ideas um, to write into this movie at one point he's like he's like hold on a second we can't have a satanic cult in this movie too he's like okay okay that'll be the next movie so anyway so he starts going to movie studios to shop his idea around does he says he goes to the studio where blackula is made and he's told oh, he's pitching he's movies. too doughy yeah he's too fat to do a movie yeah and uh they don't they don't want to make it and they don't want to help. Right. So he gets creative here. Yeah, he decides he's gonna do it himself. He also goes to the record studio that yeah. ha- is, you know, producing his, his albums and basically asks for an advance. Yeah, he asks for an sales, advance. Which means that any any proceeds coming from that, any royalties or anything, are gonna go straight back to the record company, which means he's not going to make any money during this time. Right. So he's taking a huge gamble on himself. Absolutely. And I think that's the real theme we get out of Rudy Raymore's life story. Yeah. Is he bet on himself and wins. Exactly. So he's in a strip club and they're talking about the movie and how they're going to get things. And they're like, you know, there's a lot of people involved in movies. There's like a best boy. He goes, there's no way I'm calling anybody boy. <laughs> you know, so. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but they see Dervell um, Martin, I think his name is. Yeah, Dervell Martin. Derville Martin. Yeah, his name was a little harder. He was in well, Rosemary's they Baby. They mentioned Rosemary's Baby because it's the only thing that I think white people could connect to. But he was also mm-hmm. in a lot of movies with, uh, oh, I forget his name. He was in um, another white people movie. <laughs> he was in uh, <laughs> From Dust Till Dawn. He was the black guy. Oh, was he? Yeah. I didn't That's mean... not Derville. I'm not oh, saying, no, no. I'm saying it's oh, oh. Derville. I'm saying he was in movies with that guy. Oh, oh, okay. So he did a lot of black exploitation already. That makes sense. Um, and black exploitation is just exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. They're exploiting black people and their culture and uh, turning it up to eleven mm-hmm. and making movies. Coffee, uh, black mama, white mama, Foxy Brown, Foxy Brown, the thing with two heads, um, Blackula, Blackula, Blackenstein. The Blummy. No, that's not a real one. I was going to say, I didn't think that was a real thing. <laughs> the Blummy. He's the black mummy. Blummy. Um, no, and... I could see somebody uh, making that, though. I could, too. But you know what I'm saying. There's just... Yes. Oh, Superfly, Shaft. Yes. Undercover Brother. Mm-hmm. Black exploitation. Did you know there's an Undercover Brother, too? No. There is. I can't wait to see it now. Eddie Griffin. Yeehaw. All right. <laughs> So they meet Dervell, Derville, Derville. I keep calling him Dervell. Mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes. This guy was a Shakespearean actor. He was a proper actor, which you got a lot of, especially in like movies like Black Caesar. All those guys were Shakespearean trained actors. Really? Every one of them. Well, you know, back then, more actors were actually Shakespearean yeah. trained. They were yeah. they were play trained. They didn't all just go to some Disney hotel and audition for seventy eight days and then get a job on Disney and then grow up and not know how to act still. Right. Okay. That's why we have so many British stars now uh, coming here. Yes. And, and becoming actors is because they're good at it because they've trained. Yes. Uh, th- that's my other thing. Uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Tangent. Uh, yeah. 
so yeah, he's he's gonna go bankrupt if this movie fails. Yes. So they they offer him a part in the movie, Derville, mm-hmm. and he's not interested. He goes, "What if we say you can direct it too?" Mm-hmm. So he's directed two films. He directed Dolomite and Detroit Nine Thousand. So we're kind of fast forwarding a little bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, in the in the movie he has he hasn't bought the Dunbar Hotel, but he's offered to clean it up. Yes, to get all the the uh, the hobos hobos out. out, and so that becomes the entire set of Dolomite. Every interior shot in Dolomite is done inside this hotel. That's a feat. That is a feat. It's very creative. Yeah. And I bet the, you that's how porn is done too. Like they just have a bunch of rooms. Oh, I'm and sure. Set, yeah. You know, yeah. Like a big warehouse and they just cubicle it up. It's odd that you went there. But I'm, um, I'm just saying it's low budget. No, it, it is low budget. Yeah. But what's, what's interesting is the Hotel Dunbar still at this point has no electricity or water. Right. So they have to steal electricity. Yeah, and they hired a bunch of, before you say anything, they hired a bunch of film school students uh-huh. from UCLA to be the crew. Yeah. And w- the director, he's actually directed quite a few things since then, but mm-hmm. this is his first credit. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he, Dolomite, you know, Rudy says, oh, just take the electricity from that box over there. And they're like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, what's the problem? I think that was more common back then. It might have been. So he's stealing electricity, but in real life, they tried that and they blew up a transformer. I'm sure they did. And the whole entire neighborhood was out for (gasps) a couple days. Oh, no. So there's that. (laughs) We we find out around this point how much he hates his father. Yeah. His father was a farmer. Sharecropper. um, And Mm -hmm. he beat the crap out of him. And when he grew up, he vowed never to return. He never did. Yeah. And that's where he gets his inspiration when he says the F word, especially. He's really shouting it at his dad. Mm -hmm. That's the way they wanted it to portray in the movie. Yeah, because we get a scene later with a picture of his father and he's like getting ready to perform or something, you know. So we get a whole montage of like them making the movie Mm -hmm. and it's fun to see. Um, there's a couple movie scenes in the movie, um, that they show us that are not in this movie. Yeah. They're They're not in in Dolomite. They're in the next movie. Yeah. They're not in Dolomite. They're in either the human tornado or PD Wheatstraw, the devil's Uh son-in-law. Like with the floating stuff and the, that's in PD Wheatstraw. Oh, I thought that one was in the, uh, in in the human tornado. Uh Uh-uh. The one in the human yeah. tornado is the one where she's like, he made me do it. And he's like, ah, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then they, he shoots her and uh, I don't know. Uh, and yeah. he jumps off a cliff naked. I mean, a lot of stuff happens <laughs> at, right at the beginning of, of that movie. Stuff. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. And then we see the uh, creation of the theme song. Yes. And it seems a little like Shaft, but it's not like, who is a man? Blah, blah, blah. It's uh, he's bad. He's out of sight. Mm-hmm. Dolomite. Yeah. We see a bunch of other movie scenes. During the shooting of the movie, Durville? Mm-hmm. Durville. Durville. He clearly feels like he is above all of this. Oh, absolutely. And he is kind of rude. Uh, yeah. Like, to especially to Rudy. And it's a lot like, of... Rudy puts you in charge of this not to be... Right. A butt. And and a lot of the scenes that they showed where they were interacting, Rudy is just upbeat and happy. Yeah. Derville is just drinking vodka and uh, orange juice. Yeah, he looks and, like he's always got a drink in his hand. Yeah. I watched a little, like, life story. It's good bad flicks did a, a retrospective on oh, Rudy Raymond. okay. And I'm, I'll credit them for that because you get a lot of insight on Rudy's life all the way up to the end. Okay, but yeah, uh, Dervell. He and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher Derville's name. I know it's the so entire bad. time. I'm sorry. <laughs> he butchers just everybody's name, honestly. Yeah, it's not. It, I'm not. I'm not uh, taking shots at him. It's just. It just happened. He died in 1984, by the way, of a heart really? attack. Yeah. Maybe it was all the alcohol. He, he was. Consumed. He was only like 46 years old. Really? Yeah. My oh age. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it, it's it's really interesting to see. 
that interaction mm-hmm. where he's just upbeat. Derville's like, just like, uh-huh. whatever. This is weird. Why are you doing weird stuff? Because it's funny. Yeah. Shut the hell up. <laughs> you know? So uh, Mike, Epps, Mike Epps' character borrows a Cadillac from his cousin. Yes. And they're doing a car chase scene. And this car chase scene is actually in the beginning of the Human Tornado movie, not in Dolomite. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to be in Florida or Oklahoma. <laughs> it's not really said i don't think oh okay but they drive into a cave and blow the car up weird yeah in the movie they're just on the side of the road and they blow the car up that's what it looked like in in the biopic that's what i'm saying oh in in the movie oh oh this movie but uh, in the actual human tornado they drive through a cave to the other side of the cave which is another uh, part of the road. Okay. And they just park the car and run. And then he shoots it with a shotgun and, and it blows up and it kills the hillbillies in the car. Cause there's no cops chasing. It's just a bunch of hillbillies. It's <laughs> so weird. And boy, they used a healthy dose of the N word in that movie. Oh really? Holy mackerel. I don't remember hearing the N word that much in Dolomite. It happened a little bit. In in the human tornado. It's a lot. White people just kept saying that oh, word. I yeah. hate that. I hate it's that a lot. It's crazy. So anyway, yeah, they blow up uh, uh, Mike Epps' cousin's car. Whoever he's playing. I don't yes. remember the character he's yeah, playing. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, and he's like, oh, man. Yeah. Now, if you watch the human tornado, they got to walk uh, through the desert to get to a road to hitchhike. <laughs> And then drive to California. So that seems that seems impractical of them to do. Yeah, he's a he. <laughs> it's like narration over overdubbing the scene. Okay. He goes. He goes. Hey, Lou, what happens if a snake bite me in the leg? <laughs> and Lou goes, "I suck the poison out, Dolomite." He goes, "What if a snake bit me on my butt?" <laughs> he goes, "You're on your own then, Dolomite." <laughs> so. It was funny. He said something in the at the beginning of that movie too. It was uh what did he say? He said, That's the kind of dude that would fart in a bathtub and turn around and bite the bubbles. <laughs> and I was like, that is the most craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And it's funny. It is funny. So anyway, they make the movie, the movie's wrapped, Derville leaves. Two things about Dolomite though. There is a full sex scene in the movie. Oh. Yeah. And um, they they pull Willie Green's guts straight out of his yes. body. Okay? You don't see either one of those two things in the movie. Yeah. And, and there's, not in there's, Dolmite, yeah. There's two reasons. The first one is when they finally do sell their movie, uh-huh. the, the movie gets sold, um, the, they had to turn it into the MPAA to get a rating. Oh. And so they said... You can't show that much gore. Uh-huh. And uh, that sex scene is way too long. So instead of like editing around it or making it look different and re- doing a reshoot, yeah, they just cut it. Boom, boom. That's why when we watched the movie, they were starting to do something and then and it then just it was, cut to them uh, just done. laying down. I don't know. I was like, that's odd. In in the, in the human tornado, I was watching it. He was having a sex scene and uh, then he starts going south. And then it cuts to him eating tacos at the end. <laughs> it just left. It made me laugh so hard. <laughs> He's just like, arr, arr, arr. like I thought, God. When we watched uh, Dolomite, I really thought that maybe it was a grindhouse type thing, like the original. Yeah, I thought it was too. Had gotten somebody stole it. Damaged. Yeah. They're like, ooh, this is sexy. Exactly. A fat man and a not a very attractive woman. <laughs> I can see where people would think that that would still be attractive. In uh, in the Great White Hype, uh-huh. uh he's he's watching Damon Wayans is watching the movie, and they're like they're like you gotta go out there. Uh, it's time for the fight. And he goes, wait till after the sex scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> and right when he's getting to the sex scene, the coach turns it off. The trainer turns it off, and he gets mad and he goes out and fights. And that's that's when he's uh when when he got fat. Yeah. Yeah. That movie's hysterical. So anyway, I'm this this whole movie's like this. It's just tangents upon tangents <laughs> right now, but I it's okay. Like, I feel like that's how Rudy Ray Moore lived. 
Probably. So I think he'd approve. I hope. Yeah. So he's trying to sell the movie around, you know, and people just won't buy it. Yes. And he gets depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, In real life, he didn't care that much. Oh. He he would go on tour and do his Dolomite shtick. Uh Uh-huh. And he'd go on radio stations and say, hey, yeah, I'm, I I've rented this club and we're going to show my movie. Oh, okay. So he did that all around oh, okay. the United States. So it, it's just, the, the movie made it look like it was over for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, there was going to be some redemption story at the end. When in reality, he shopped it around. Nobody wanted it. So he just did it himself because that's what Rudy Ray Moore does. Well, yeah, that's what he did with the album. And that's what he eventually does in the biopic. Yes. We get it. Uh, Chris Rock cameo. Yeah, Chris Rock cameo. And uh, as soon as I heard his voice, I go, no, that's Chris Rock. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's very noticeable. Seeing Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, um, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, you know, Mm-hmm. All in the same movie. Wesley mm-hmm. Snipes. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. All these people. This is an all-star cast. See this movie. You have to have Netflix by now. It's 2019. Go and see this movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> it was it was really good. Yeah. Eddie Murphy has redeemed himself for a lot of crappy movies that he Absolutely. put out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's going to be doing Saturday Night Live, I think, this weekend. Oh, is he? I think. I know that uh, he's working on coming to America too. Yeah. Which I don't know if I'm excited about or not. Him either, but you know, I, it's, I'm gonna it's, watch it. It's gonna be good. I, I'm hoping Arsenio Hall's in it. I'm hoping that Eddie Murphy plays. An That's old who Jew. is missing in this movie. Uh, they're not tied to the hip. No, but it seemed like he should have been a cameo somewhere. Maybe. I mean. Arsenio was a big fan of Rudy Ray Moore when Rudy started having a more coming back, a big comeback in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, he would come on uh, the Arsenio Hall show and do oh. a do a clean version of that monkey story that he does that he, at the yeah. end of Dolomite. Yeah. So anyway, so Chris Rock is like, I heard there's a movie. Can you tell us anything? He goes, no, I can't tell you anything. Which and, really ticks him off. And, and it ticks him off. He goes to commercial. He's like, hey, man. You got to give me something. I'm asking you questions. You're just shooting me down. He goes, I can't tell you anything because I don't have anything. So in in the movie, Chris Rock gives Rudy Ray Moore a phone number. says, call my uncle or whoever it is. Yeah. He owns a theater downtown and you can uh, you can probably show your movie there. Mm-hmm. So he gets there. The guy says $500. And he's like, that's fair, I guess. Um when do I get when do paid? I get my advance? <laughs> and he's like, "No, you pay me five hundred dollars." And he's like, "I gotta pay you to show my movie in your theater." Mm-hmm. He goes, "Yeah, that's how it works." He goes, "What's in it for me?" Well, you'll get the box office, whatever it is. So if it's successful, you'll get up to you know five thousand dollars today. Mm-hmm. Promote, promote, promote. So they showed it in a midnight screening, and it was it was packed, and it was packed. Yeah, because he was very popular in those neighborhoods. Those uh, that culture. Yeah. Yeah. And people knew him from his albums, from bootlegs. Well, you that know? and and he was touring in these areas, yeah. too. So people wanted to see this movie. In reality, he was kind of embarrassed about this movie. Really? Yeah. He Aww. thought that he looked too fat. He did not feel that uh, the acting was good enough. And uh, he just was embarrassed by it. Yeah. Well, I know... Uh, Lady Reed, she wasn't the most beautiful woman. No. She she was very average looking, which yeah. is it's fine. Still beauty there. But she was really nervous about being in this movie as well because of her looks. Yeah. And she was really nervous when they finally had the premiere yeah. of going to see it and all these people. You so, know. Yeah. So anyway, the place is packed. Mm-hmm. He makes 10 times his money back that one time. Yeah. So I guess three dollars a pop with sixteen hundred seats or something like that. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure it was that. Yeah. And they showed the movie twice, and it was packed both times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, I "Can't believe people would stay up till three a.m. to see my movie." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we we skip a bit. Yeah. But uh, we get Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk, 
And his character is uh, playing the person who owns Dimension Picture Incorporated, which isn't Dimension Films, by the way. I didn't think so. Yeah. They made sure that they, they said the name full every time. Yeah. Because I think they didn't want them to think it was the other. Yeah. Dimension Pictures, Inc. went out of business around 1981, and uh, they sold all of their movies to 21st Century. Okay. Which isn't 20th Century Fox. It's just, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in Hollywood that I just don't understand. So, I mean, I know you're listening, Hollywood. Could you just clue me in sometime? I just want to. It's really hard to change your name once you've established it. Yeah. I know I know that uh, Billy Lord is an avid listener to this. And uh, she loves Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. One day we're going to get her on this show. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. We're going to talk about Star Wars. And Move it mom. along, mister. Move it along. <laughs> so I just put down Queen Bee is awesome. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't remember. The reviews aren't favorable. Once they sell the movie, it gets dis- distributed. It went out to like, I think, 50 theaters at first. Okay. And uh, the way they explained it is these theaters were built as palatial castles, yes. the center of the culture. Yeah. But then white people moved out, black people moved in. Mm-hmm. Those theaters are still there, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful, and they seat 5,000 people. Yeah, they seat a lot of people. So it's perfect for exactly. this movie. And that's why they. That's why Dimension was in the black exploitation market in the first place. Yeah, they said that they were in black exploitation movies and hillbilly movies. Yeah, yeah, like racist hillbilly movies. Yeah, probably. I think. Yeah, like like the movie that uh, eventually became Dukes of Hazard. That was one of those. Oh, was it? Yeah, grindhouse type hillbilly movies where moonshine. I didn't know that. Beating up black people. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought Dukes of Hazard was like a TV show. No, no, it was, it was based on a movie. I had no idea. Yeah, okay. you got to see it. It's dumb. Well, I watched the Dukes of Hazard as a small child. It was dumb. It was dumb. Um, so they're going to go to a premiere of some sort in Hollywood and they're reading the reviews and they're like, "Ooh, these aren't good." One had just a one word uh, description. They called it Dolomite. Yeah. Um, one said a blind dog wouldn't even go see this movie. <laughs> Why would it? It's a blind and it's a dog. <laughs> I don't see blind dogs watching movies. No, no, not at all. So, but there was one that Rudy liked, even <laughs> though it was bad. Yeah, that reminded me of something else. Ed, oh, uh, Clerks. Oh, Clerks. Yeah, when he, he's reading that letter, the breakup letter. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, I thought that was a good thing. It's like, oh, no, it's that, not. That mall rats. <laughs> oh, yeah, mall rats. <laughs> it's okay. I Kevin Smith movies Kevin all yeah. runs together. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he is. Wait, that's not a sequel, is it? We haven't done a sequel, but we have done mall rats before we did Clerks. Does that count? They're in the same universe. It's, it's a not spin-off. considered, a, yeah. Because the characters aren't the same, except for Jay and Silent Bob. <sighs> now I'm bothered by this. <laughs> Get back to the topic. All right. <laughs> uh, but it says it's crude. It's it's uh, disgusting. It's rude. It's it's loud. Everybody's shouting. Nobody knows what it's about. That's exactly what an audience wants to see. I want to see that movie again. <laughs> So they go to, um, they're pulling up the thing and, yeah. and, and it's lying all the way around the block. Yeah. And they're like, how many times are you going to show this movie? We're going to show it three times today. Yeah. They actually added a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's sold out. He's happy. Everybody's happy. A little kid said Dolomite is my name and, uh, effing up mother effers is my game. And he, he was kind of cute. He's a little pudgy kind yeah. of kid. And I think. I think uh, Rudy kind of saw himself in that Probably. Kid, you know, what was really sweet about this scene is that he was so touched that people were waiting mm-hmm. for hours in line. Yeah. I mean, the first showing was what, midnight? Yeah. 
And then there was another one after that. And then there was going to be a 3 a.m. And he's like, these people are going to wait until 3 a.m. to see my movie. Yeah. And so the other people, I, I don't think they had seen a theater version of the movie. No. So they go in and Rudy stays out there and entertains the crowd. Yeah. And, and that's a true story, too. He did that. That is amazing. He would go if, if they were showing the movie and he was there. He would just st- stick around in the lobby or even during the movie, he'd come out and ask people how they liked the movie and mm-hmm. he'd pat him on the back and or he'd do an act, part of the act, like while it's going on behind yeah. him. Yeah. Because he's just that guy. I-, I think that was a way that he could connect with humanity. Right. And it made him feel really good. Yeah. Which he needed. So, yeah, that ends the movie. And if you like Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. And I thought of another movie that's about another movie making process, and I can't remember it now. But Ed Wood kind of sticks out because of how positive Rudy Ray Moore was. Yes. And Ed Wood was a very upbeat type of guy mm-hmm. that wouldn't let anybody get over, you know, even though he did make probably a masterpiece. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Plan you don't, 9. You don't think Plan 9 from Outer Space could be considered a masterpiece? I think it is his masterpiece, yes. It's, it's a beautiful movie. It's it's something. Um, I like it. But I compared him to that to that movie, especially Ed Wood. Yeah. Because of the cast of characters, the, the weirdness that made the movie. Mm-hmm. And just the sheer will of getting it made. Yeah. Because it took a lot. I mean... The average person would have gotten knocked down a couple times, been like, "All right, I'm done." Right, and Kevin he Smith. Didn't. Kevin Smith even talks about when he made his movie, uh, Clerks. Um, he had he had sold things. He had he had charged out all of his credit cards. Mm-hmm. He was going to be in a ton of debt. Three hundred thousand dollars it took to make that movie. Wow! And they would close the store at night so that they could film at night Mm -hmm. because they had to work during the day. Yes. Kevin Smith says he didn't sleep for like the whole entire making of that movie, basically. Yeah. So there was a lot of responsibility in there. Rudy Ray Moore took responsibility to a whole new level. What they don't show you is he made the human tornado after this. He made uh, P.D. Wheatstraw, The Devil's Son-in-Law, after that. He did another couple movies that none of them were Dolomite movies after that. And uh, he his last movie was in, like, 1979. And it was called uh, Disco Godfather. <laughs> that he tried to make he tried to make it a rated PG movie. Oh, really? So it would attract more audience. Right. Um, because he was, he was wanting more money. Mm-hmm. That movie tanked. And it bankrupted him. Oh. He went throughout the 80s, you know, his act wasn't making enough money, but he was just doing his thing. Mm -hmm. And it took until around the 90s when gangster rap started to make an appearance. People were sampling Dolomite. And people are like, what's that? That's Dolomite. What's Dolomite? He's a legend. (laughs) It's an urban legend. Oh, wow. Because people just didn't know who he was. Right. Dimension sold his movies, the two movies, to 21st Century. And when that went out of business in the 90s, he was able to buy those two movies back. However, when he moved out of the Dunbar Hotel, Uh he didn't have enough room or storage for himself. So he threw away the uh, cuts of Uh Dolomite. There'll never be a director's cut with, you know, the guts and the sex scene put back in. Yeah. I think it has more charm without it, honestly. It's it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to kill us if we never get to see it. No. When I become a tra- time traveler, I'll, I'll make sure I see it. You do that. I will. I'll, I'll go. Is it, is it really high on your list? Yeah, it's, it's number three. Three is really high. Yeah, I know. Huh. Yeah. When I become a time traveler, I want to do three things. I want to go to an official A&W root beer hamburger place. Oh, I miss that place. Yeah. I want to kick Hitler in the nuts <laughs> when he's six. Why six? Uh, uh, Easier he, access? Yeah, you'll see Hitler coming from school. He's like singing, you know, Maybe Jacca. that's what happened. And then somebody kicked him in the nuts. An Eric. adult man comes up to him and kicks him right in the nuts. And then, uh, and then I want to see the uncut version of Dolomite. <laughs> so. Wow. 
Yeah. I got high goals. Yeah. Lofty. I also want to go back to 1985. Why? Uh, to watch uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, I stepped right in that one. <laughs> <laughs> He he had a resurgence of fame in the 90s, mm-hmm. and like he did another Dolomite movie that they call The Legend of Dolomite Now, but it was called Dolomite Returns Then. He did talk show circuits. He, he did uh, movies with other people. He did um, music video with Snoop Dogg for Murder Was a Case. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, you know, around 2004... He was in Vegas. A woman came up to him, um, and he wasn't. He was kind of senile at the time. A woman came up to him, said that uh, she was his daughter. He was then taken by her, moved to Akron, Ohio, and uh, that's where he lived as a shut-in the rest of his life. And he died. Was it really his daughter? No, probably not. Oh wow! She just claims to that she was. There's no verification whether she was or wasn't. And he didn't really have family to. No, I hope I hope he look for him. She was treating him well. He died of complications to diabetes, and he was eighty-one when he died. Yeah, so that's a long life. Yeah, so that's a movie. I'm not even going to ask the typical questions. I just want to say that Dolomite is my name. It's probably one of the best Eddie Murphy movies uh, since 1989. It, yeah, yeah. It's taken him a good thirty years to make a good movie, apparently. I'm just saying. Yeah. I will say that he is probably one of his best acting jobs that he's had. It's a character that he loves already. Mm-hmm. He's a big fan of Dolomite and uh, and Rudy Ray Moore. Oh, by the way, in The Human Tornado, Ernie Hudson's in that movie. Oh, yeah. He's the only person that has ever made it as an actor in that movie. So... Props to Ernie Hudson for being in a Dolomite movie as his second film. Oh, it was his second film? Yeah. Wow. Now we're going to talk about something depressing. What? Well, you know, your favorite movie is Friday. (sighs) Yeah. And Craig's dad is dead now. Yeah. Mr. John Witherspoon. It was kind of sad to hear. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes with him in Friday... Was where he was explaining to Craig how he didn't need a gun. Yeah. You know, and it's like more people need that in their life. Yeah. No matter what color they are. Right. You you don't need a gun Mm-mm. to to get your point across. I agree. So, but yeah, um, my other favorite scene is <laughs> him. I think it's uh, next Friday. Where he's going to to get Craig. Yeah. And he's he ate all that hot sauce and he's like gotta get to <laughs> Why did bathroom. I put so much hot sauce on that burrito? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was just and so Debo's in the in the co- truck with him with the oh, other yeah. prisoner. I mean, it's a funny friggin' movie. He was so funny. Or like he's on the toilet and he's got that spray oh, he's I just know. spraying everything down. I mean John Witherspoon was a freaking artist. Oh, he was so funny. Anyway, that's that's the movie. Yes. And that's the end of John Witherspoon. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> what what would uh Kevin Smith say on Hollywood Babylon? Big bucket of win. Big bucket of win? Yeah. He just he was a winner. Oh, okay. <laughs> Big bucket of win. This has been Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. You can follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. Subscribe to our channel on whatever platform you use. We like Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, um, Spotify, Spotify iHeartRadio, maybe one day Pandora. Nobody knows, <laughs> but we're there. And uh, most importantly. We know you got a little free time on your hands every now and then. Two hours. That's like two episodes of The Love Boat. No one knows what The Love Boat is anymore, sweetheart. Two hours. That's like two episodes of Fantasy Island. Or four episodes of The Office. Nobody knows what The Office is. Yes, they do. Oh. (laughs) Anyway. Everyone watches that. Just, you know, click on your TV 
They got Tubi TV. Tubi, you can watch tons of movies on Tubi. You're going to watch ads, but they're there. Hulu, click on your Hulu. They got movies. Netflix, they got movies. Apple Podcasts, don't have movies. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Apple Plus. They probably got movies. Disney Plus is coming out soon. Disney Plus in 12 days from today. Not from when you're listening, because you're probably listening tomorrow, and it'll be 11 days. Or if you're listening in the future, it's probably already happened. Yes. So, hello, 2020. <laughs> anyway, just uh, just click on your Tubi, TV stuff, streaming device, and watch a movie. When I was growing up, this was all the protection we needed. You win some, you lose some. But you live, you live to fight another day. And you think you're a man with that gun in your hand, don't you? I'm a man without it. Put the gun down. 